0: Welcome to Mind and Soul Matters, I'm Farah Feeney. Through conversations with everyday people, Mind and Soul Matters aims to broaden our understanding of mental health and spirituality, and to deepen our insights into the challenges and meaning of our lives. Education gives children the opportunity to learn and socialise with others and develop the knowledge and skills they need to become active members of their communities. But what kind of education enables children to make positive choices and develop their noble qualities to contribute constructively to their society? What are the elements of an educational curriculum that nurtures the best in every child? We are fortunate to have Dr. Jasmine Bell, Coordinator of the Program for the Spiritual Education of Children in Western Australia, share with us her insights about a curriculum aimed at addressing these questions. Throughout the episode, we will also hear from children and parents involved in this program as they share their personal experiences and highlights. Welcome Jasmine to Mind and Soul Matters. Thanks for having me. This episode was inspired by the feedback we received from an episode we did last year, Youth Can Move the World, where we had a chat with Jacob about a program developed for adolescents, the Junior Youth Empowerment Program. So we decided to have an episode on the educational program designed for 5 to 11-year-olds. It's not specifically designed at addressing mental health challenges, but perhaps mental well-being is a by-product of this curriculum. So, Jasmine, tell
1: us about this educational program. What does it give us and our children? it's helpful to look at the sort of foundational concepts that underpin this program. And there are are two in particular. One is this concept that children are the most precious treasure that a community can possess. And then the quotation that we look at says for within them are the promise and the guarantee of the future. So I think that's such an important concept to have as the foundation for why this program exists what purpose it serves and what benefits it gives us we need to see children as this treasure in our midst and if we really as adults want to see a change in our world and a transformation in our world, then we have to see the children as part of this and that they are the promise and the guarantee of that future. And unless we give thought and consideration and care to their development in all different ways, we won't be helping to contribute to that transformation. The other foundational concept underpinning this program is looking at an analogy. And it's an analogy that we can see each human as a mine rich in gems of inestimable value. And the quotation then goes on to say the only way that you can uncover these gems and enable mankind to benefit therefrom is through education. So education is seen as the means by releasing the potentialities of each human. And by gems, I think we're obviously talking about all of the capacities of each human and there's many different ones and they're obviously different in different individuals, but particularly so looking at our spiritual capacities. And so we can think about some of these gems as being like our kindness, our love, our generosity, our capacity for mercy, for forgiveness. All of these spiritual potentialities exist in every single human. And through the process of education, we can uncover these gems. So that's one component. But the second component is to then think, okay, how do people utilise these capacities to enable all of humanity to benefit and so there's these, these two kind of purposes going on there. We want to allow children to develop their spiritual capacities to the best way that they can. And then we want to be able to help them to figure out how they can actually apply them in their daily life. And all of us benefit.
2: Hi, my name is Lua. I've been doing children's classes for about three years now and one aspect that I've learnt that I think will stick with me for the rest of my life is that truthfulness is a foundation of all human virtues. And you may be saying, but what if I'm trying to say something that, like, for example, my friend asks me, do you like my new pencil case? And I don't really like it, but I say, oh, yeah, I love it, to try and show kindness that's actually not showing kindness or truthfulness because if you're not telling the truth then your kindness isn't genuine and so it's not really kindness at all so in that situation your friend asks you that just say oh yeah I'm I don't really mind it but I I'm happy with it if you're happy with it or it doesn't really suit me but I really like it on like with you things like that don't say oh yeah I love it or Oh no, I hate it because that one of them is not telling the truth and one of them is not being kind. My name's Rachel and I'm a mum of four kids that have gone through the
3: Children's Classes program from the teenagers that have finished the program to a child that's near the end of the program and to a very young one just starting out. And I really like the Children's Classes curriculum because it focuses on seeing the inner wealth of the child being not in material things but in the spiritual qualities latent in each individual which the curriculum really seeks to draw out and as a teacher a primary trained teacher i know about social emotional and academic well-being and development of the child but where mainstream education sometimes doesn't provide Guidance is in the spiritual education of the child. And I love that this is really addressed in the children's classes.
0: What is the difference between spiritual education and religious education? Is this a religious education program?
1: So I guess it depends on what you mean by religious education. As I've gone through and I've done some training in the first initial, I guess, training book with adults who are interested in learning more about this area, it's very interesting to hear their feedback about their own experience of religious education growing up. And it was often a very negative experience where you got told that's the way that you have to think, that's the thing that you have to memorise, and they weren't allowed to ask questions or engage with the concepts or understand them more fully. And often a lot of judgement and guilt and and these sort of concepts. And And fear. And fear around these sort of spiritual concepts. We're really talking about a different paradigm for spiritual education here. In this curriculum, we want to develop the love of learning, for life, We want to create a situation where children have this constant desire to investigate reality and to learn more and to understand more. So we really want to encourage that capacity for seeking knowledge, for understanding. And so questions are definitely encouraged, mm. absolutely. Mm. Once again, we're thinking about each of these children as full of potentiality. And each one is unique. I And we're trying to create an environment or a structure where they can develop those capacities or those capacities can be uncovered. But at the same time, we don't want to just go, okay, children, be nice, be kind, and that's all you need to do. We want to connect them with the source of guidance with how to develop their spiritual capacities so that that's a tool for them for the rest of their life as well, too, And the source of that guidance is the teachings of the divine educators who are those holy beings who have come to the world and given us the light of religion into society for us to be directed and guided in how to go about living our life and also how to go about building the communities that we want to live in as well too. So the curriculum connects the children to the teachings of Baha'u'llah. It connects them with those holy words and holy scriptures. And I guess a good example of this nice balance between those two things, that investigation of reality, that love of knowledge, but at the same time connecting to this source of divine guidance is in the way that we might teach a quotation to the children, for example. So, If we look at the first lesson of the entire curriculum, Mm -hmm. the quotation from the writings of Baha'u'llah says, possess a pure, kindly and radiant heart. And so we want to teach the children about what does it mean to have a pure heart? What is purity of heart? So we want them to memorise this short quotation because memorization means that they can have that, internally and embedded in themselves as a source of guidance and wisdom that they continually draw on for the rest of their lives. Mm. But at the same time, there's no point they memorising it if they don't have an understanding of what it actually means. So this first lesson you're usually teaching to five or six-year-olds, so they're little. They often can't even read at that stage as well too. So it's very sweet the way that this first lesson demonstrates how a teacher might convey that understanding of what it means to have a pure heart. And I'll use some examples directly from this lesson. So if we are talking to the children about a pure heart, it gives some little examples of what that might look like in real life with other children. That says, Kathy became angry and said unkind words to Agot. Agot was sad, but quickly forgave Kathy. Agot possesses a pure heart. Then if we look at the idea of a kindly heart, mm. it says, Mr. Robertson is very old. Jimmy helps him carry his fruit harvest to the market. Jimmy possesses a kindly heart. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to connect children to the source of this guidance but at the same time have this ever increasing understanding of what the concept is so that you have these two different things the the sort of the connection to knowledge but also that wanting and learning and striving and continually trying to create more understanding about what that actually looks like in your own life. And obviously these are concepts that continually keep on returning to all the way through the curriculum. So as the children get older, they can start to look at the nuances around this or give examples of how they're actually applying this in their own lives. So they're really starting to be able to articulate these concepts And also to be reflective and thinking, how am I applying this? And once again, it's about developing the spiritual capacity and then connecting it to action with how do we put this into practice to contribute to making our society a better place.
4: Hi, my name is Sage. I participate in children classes and have been going there for a very long time. Children's classes helps me to be a good friend and to focus on spiritual things instead of material things. We have been learning about the different holy families and how much they suffered, much more than you and I would ever likely suffer. It helps me to be grateful for what I have and to give to others that may not have very much. It also helps me to make new friends from different schools. It's also like a stress relief every week because as well as having fun and learning, we also do lots of arts and crafts and prayers and beautiful music. I would recommend it for people under 12 years old.
5: Hi, I'm Cholet and I'm a parent. We have three children who currently attend the spiritual education classes. And one thing we've noticed is that at our children's primary school, they talk about values, respect, Courtesy, and that's wonderful. However, the spiritual education classes they delve into the foundation of these values. Actually, that they're spiritual virtues or qualities, and they really explore the origin of these values or virtues and how to apply them in our everyday lives. So I can see that the children are learning about truthfulness, they're learning about justice and thankfulness and all these spiritual qualities and then they have the opportunity to reflect on these qualities every day which we're so grateful for. I'm going
0: to ask you to put your medical doctor's hat on for a moment because you've been involved in this program for many years, Mm. but you've also been a doctor as a general practitioner in family practice for about 20 years. And imagine during those 20 years, you've seen more and more children come through with mental health challenges. And I did say at the beginning that this program is not specifically for addressing mental health challenges, but I wonder... With your medical doctor hat on and your involvement in this program, do you see any connection on how this program may or has contributed to the mental well-being of children?
1: Absolutely. There's so many factors. We could probably talk for a really long time about that. But I think children are really aware of the difficulties that exist in the world. They know that wars are going on. They know that the climate is changing and that's making life hard and difficult for people and affecting them in really terrible and difficult ways. And th- I think that can create such a sense of like hopelessness mm. and just feeling disenfranchised or or unable to, to think about a future that is something to look forward to. And what I really feel about this spiritual education program is that on so many different levels, it addresses this concept of hope. There is hope for humanity. There is the ability for humanity to become a peaceful world, for all people to be in a situation where they can fully develop all the potentialities with which they've been given. And that comes as a reoccurring theme right throughout every single grade of this curriculum through, you know, learning about the lives of the founders of the different world religions, these divine educators, just even learning about their lives and the difficulties that they encountered and how that sense of faithfulness, of striving, of working led them to a different pathway or that things turned out well in the end if we have this sense of faith and hope and we continue to work. And the other thing too is that because as I've been talking about, it really connects these development of spiritual capacities with action. It gives children this sense of agency. I actually can do something about all of the things going on. I can actually through my actions, through my kindness, through wanting to cooperate rather than compete, for example, then I can actually make an impact in the life that I live, in my school, in my community that I live in, in my family that I live in. And then obviously, if children have these concepts really embedded deep inside them with a strong sense of that's the the pathway that they're moving along, we can then imagine what happens when they come to choose their professions, for example, when they apply these spiritual concepts in the adult world and contribute to society building in that way as well. We can see that this sense of hope this sense of agency we could mm. see how that will really make it such a big difference to children's sense of well-being and mental health but the other thing too is that it gives them a community mm. and that's the other thing too that i think is really really important about this program and that's something that as it's been developed over the last 20 30 years has become more and more apparent that the impact of this program becomes greater and greater when we see it as a means to build a community. Mm. So teachers and parents are engaged in a conversation about children's spiritual education. They become a team thinking, how can we do the best to provide an environment for this child to thrive? Mm. The parents create friendships and they support each other. And then that naturally attracts other people to that community. It naturally connects different people from different backgrounds to work together and to learn to work together. And for the children, it creates a group of peers Hmm. who are all striving to do the same as well too, against a background that might be full of the pursuit of materialism or that's very superficial in terms of priorities, a background that really places a lot of emphasis on competition as a means to achieve things rather than cooperation, for example. So it gives them that natural sense of community and support by which that they can go about and try and apply these concepts and the, these spiritual capacities that they develop into their lives as well too, which is obviously so important for mental health. Mm. Knowing that you're part of something bigger than yourself, knowing that you're connected with others as well too is really essential. Mm,
0: absolutely. And that's where the, the studies and the research supports that, that you know anxiety in children, if they can step outside of themselves and do something for others, if they belong to a community, they're some of the protective factors, which is what you've just spoken about, Jasmine.
3: Something I find very valuable about the little community that we've created with these children's classes is that we really get to have these wonderful multi-age groupings of children. And not only that, we get to find these wonderful friendships with people that are like-minded, that, like myself, are trying to raise our children in a spiritual way, but with a material environment, so to speak. So we really can sort of bounce off each other and support each other in how much that often goes against the grain of what our Western society is structured like and values. And so with all of these things, I think that the children's classes really add a wonderful spiritual dimension to the lives of my kids And I'm very thankful for it.
0: What does the curriculum actually look like? And you've given us a taste of that with, you know, some quotes and uh, and so on. But what other components does it have, or what does the uh, curriculum look like?
1: Yeah. So at the moment, as it as it stands, it it runs over five years, and that first year is really looking at these divine qualities and the development of these divine qualities. So I gave the example of purity of heart, but there's forgiveness, there's love, there's kindliness, there's joy. So after looking at these spiritual qualities, they move on to the next grade. And that's really looking about how you develop habits and patterns of conduct to put them into practice. So it looks at things like prayer, for example. It looks at things like being a good friend. What does it mean to be a good friend? It looks at the concept of service to humanity. It looks at consultation as a means of trying to problem-solve and make decisions, that we do that in a way where we all get together, we talk things out, and we use our spiritual capacities of love and patience and tact to be able to collectively come up with solutions for any difficulties that arise. So it's a very practical Mm -hmm. um, grade where the children can really engage in thinking, okay, what does this actually mean in my life, and can start to apply some of these things. Grades three and four really look at those divine educators who have come, what they've taught us about how to live our lives. And also it has, as I mentioned before, this constant sense of hope and how even in great difficulties and very terrible times, we can always look with the eye of hopefulness to the future and I think that's a really, really important component that, and concept that comes through those particular grades. And then the final grade is really interesting in terms of some of the concepts that it explores about, say, power of example. Also, the concept of each human having a higher and lower nature and how do we develop the higher nature... Then it goes on and looks at some concepts around things like regarding the world, humanity as a whole, as a human body, this sense of interconnectedness. Just in the human body, all the cells are connected with each other. They all need to work in coordination with each other in order for the body to be healthy. Just like that, all of humanity needs to work together. We all need to functioning in a way that supports and helps each other. And that way, the body of humanity can also be healthy. And so it explores some concepts around that, like equality between men and women, not seeing people through the lens of prejudice, for example, many, many concepts and many Mm. ideas. But it's really great. Obviously, as they get older, there's more and more scope for them to really be thinking about the sort of wider vision Mm. Of what these teachings can mean for the rest of humanity and also for themselves and how to apply it in the world. Mm.
0: As you were speaking about it, Jasmine, each time I wanted to find out more, like, you know, the divine teachers, who are they and what are the stories? And, and with each of the grades, there seems to be so much there. So don't have time to, as you said, to explore all of it, but if people want to find out more, where can they go to find out about the curriculum or to access a class, find out where they can join a a class?
1: Yeah, so this is a program that is run right throughout the world, Mm. every single country. So they can contact the Baha'i community in their country. In Australia, if you go to the Australian Baha'i community website, which is baha'i.org.au, there will be a link community building activities on the spiritual education of children. But I think what I haven't talked about at all, and I hope we've got some time for this, is that this is not a program that is run by people who've been to university and studied education for years and years and years. This is something that all of us can be trained in. Mm. There is a training program that is simple but very, very profound that everyone is invited to develop and to be a part of and develop the capacity. So even if there may not be a class in your particular area and you're a parent who really wants this for your child, there is a means and training program where you can actually learn to be that teacher. You can actually be trained to teach spiritual education of children. This is something that everyone can be part of if they would
0: like to be. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jasmine. I've really enjoyed hearing more about this curriculum and it's wonderful that it's an international curriculum, can be accessed anywhere and we'll put some websites up that if people are interested, they can find out more information. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you also to our listeners for your continued support. Remember to share your favourite episode with a friend and follow us on your preferred podcast platform. An exciting update, we have collaborated with Melville Baha'i Community to bring you quarterly live forums in Perth, Western Australia with expert panellists that you will love. You can attend in person or Zoom in from anywhere in the world. To keep informed of these, follow Mind and Soul Matters on Instagram and Facebook. Look forward to your company next time on Mind and Soul Matters.